0: everyone, bienvenidos a todos. Welcome back to Migrants on Air and Immigration Podcast. My name is Karina Domínguez and I'm here with my co-host Carlos Alberto. Carlos, ¿cómo estás?
1: La Karina, ¿todo bien? Aquí nomás eh, disfrutando de, del calor de Phoenix.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: 100 grados este, Fahrenheit, entonces aquí quemándome, pero feliz.
0: Pero ya el clima está más bonito. Está como sí, 98 I-
1: <laughs> ya se pasó el el verano, entonces no está tan mal.
0: Sí, ya está empezando a dar frío.
1: <laughs> sí, dale, dale. Aquí viene a disfrutar. Este, fuimos a concierto de Rebelde, que estuvo bien mm-hmm. chido. It was packed, like nunca me hubiera imaginado que hubiera tanta gente en un concierto de Rebelde, especialmente porque ha sido como quince años, ¿verdad?
0: Sí. And we went the second night, so the first night it was raining, so we got lucky that we didn't get mm. soaked, but both nights were. Super full and it was so much fun. It was really nostalgic and I had a great time.
1: Yeah, and I mean, um, when they were out, tú, tú ¿estás in México, verdad?
0: Pues, creo que estábamos hablando de que la novela salió como en el
1: 2006
0: o 2007. Siete, sí, ¿verdad? Um, algo así. La verdad, no sé. Like a hundred percent die, diehard fans. The verbel don't come for us. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I wasn't really like. Watching the novela or anything like that, because I think it was like my transition year, where like I had just come, so I wasn't super inv- emerged in like culture here, and like it was just a transition period for me. So I didn't really watch the novela when I was younger. What about you?
1: Yeah, no, yo tampoco. Um, I remember my sister would watch it a lot, especially after school. Um, I think mm-hmm. we were already here. I would usually watch what my mom would watch on TV. So like, yeah. no sé si acuerdan de, de Ruby, esa novela mm-hmm. Ruby la gaviota things like that so like no me tocó ver rebelde no más porque mi mamá no lo veía like i wouldn't watch tv with my sister so like i would you know I like, watch like what my mom would watch y eran novelas de <laughs> novelas que no hubiera estar viendo um those mm-hmm. que no me pertenecían pero ahí estaba but i think i got more into like in high school and like in college and stuff uh,
0: mm-hmm. cuando empecé
1: a a a escuchar la música con mis amigos and like I have the CDs from, like, 2006, 2007, Los que eran de mi hermana. Yeah, like, it is pretty nostalgic because I remember her watching it and, like, um, listening to music and stuff. And we would, like, nos peleamos por el CD player um, para escuchar la música. And I remember we got a, a portable CD player that we had to share. Y no me dejaba escucharlo. Like, no, no me lo prestaba. <laughs> like, those are my earliest memories of, like, the novela and stuff. Like, uh-huh. just because, like, I wasn't allowed to, <laughs> to use it, basically.
0: Yeah, no, I think for me in Mexico, I do remember like listening to some of the songs. So the one that I remember specifically is Solo Quedate en Silencio. But yeah, I think for me it was more of like the music rather than than the novela. But yeah, it was some fun times and we can just jump kind of into today's episode so today we're going to be bringing in Gabriel Vasquez as a guest if you have ever like traveled within the United States as an undocumented person you might have searched it up on TikTok and he's probably the first person that shows up he gives tips about like what it's like traveling while undocumented um, without DACA more specifically but yeah if you have ever like tra- wanted to travel he's a great resource so we're really excited to have him on But I think before we start talking to him and before we also share with you all our experience of, like, traveling, I think we want to provide a movement update. It's not the best update, but as of now, we're recording this on September 17th, and we just recently heard some news about DACA. So, Carlos, do you want to talk a little bit about about what's happening with that?
1: Yeah, claro. Um, It actually happened the day that we were at the concert. (laughs) So, you know, we had to have some equilibrium, ¿sabes? But basically, la corte en Texas dijo que el programa ilegal um, I don't know if everyone remembers pero eh, el programa estaba en la Corte Suprema, pienso que en 2019, right, Karina? El 19 o el 20, pero estaba en la Corte Suprema por diferentes razones. Este, en la Corte Suprema el caso sobre DACA era de que si la manera que cancelaron el programa era legal junto a las leyes de admi, las leyes administrativas. So what that means basically the case was about the way that federal regulations are ended and created. Um, so it wasn't about the legality of any certain programming, it was about the legality of like the procedure. Entonces pelearon eso, se fue a la Corte Suprema y la Corte Suprema dijo que este DACA podía seguir, este que la manera que lo que lo terminaron, entonces era era mal. Entonces ellos en la Corte el caso fue al favor de los residentes de DACA en esa vez, pero los estados otra vez volvieron y, hicieron una demanda contra el gobierno federal diciendo que el programa el programa propio era ilegal entonces lo que quiere decir eso es que the way that the Deferred action for childhood arrivals programming gives certain benefits and the way it was the way that it's como se dice en inglés uh the way that it's administered itself es ilegal contra la manera de que lo terminaron entonces ahora el caso es sobre la legalidad del programa propio no solo de la manera que lo terminaron. So now, la corte en Texas dijo que el programa propio es ilegal y que no es constitucional. Entonces, ahora estamos esperando que el caso vaya a la Corte Suprema. Eh, esto no dice que el programa ahorita está cancelado. Esta es una decisión pues principal en el estado de Texas, pero estamos esperando que el, el gobierno federal haga apelación. Uh, so basically, uh, right now, puede renovar, puede seguir, Renovando tu permiso, haciendo dance for all, pero el problema es que, pues, ya al punto de que vaya a la Corte Suprema, pues ya se hace en, en diferente pedo porque no sabemos cómo van a, a decidir los jueces, ¿verdad? Porque son muchos jueces republicanos, personas que apuntó el, el presidente Trump. Entonces, uno no sabe cómo van a decidir todo eso, pero ahorita estamos esperando por un appeal al Circuito Quinto, que es de Fifth Circuit, que es una corte más, más superior que donde está Judge Hannon eh, y después estamos esperando que se vea la Corte Suprema donde se decida pues pienso que por la última vez verdad um, since they're deciding on the legality of of the actual program itself versus other stuff pero ahora no estamos esperando para ver uh, you can keep renewing your things you can stay active like with the program pero ahora eh, desde ahorita personas nuevas no pueden aplicar y en el futuro quién sabe qué pase pero estamos esperando para la, las cortes superiores para que hagan su decisión y una apelación de parte del gobierno federal para apelar el caso contra el estado de Texas. Siempre es el estado de Texas. Siempre es el estado de Texas.
0: Sí, and I feel like every time something bad happens it's like how do we feel? How do we feel that at this point it's like do we even have to let's <laughs> like it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, I think it's been like oh, I remember the first time they did it. I was in my college uh 2017, it was like 2017. No? Yeah, I remember twenty seventeen. Isn't it crazy? It's been like eight nine years
0: since we, it was like
1: oh, either years, our first
0: yeah. year of college or like we were just graduating high school, right?
1: Yeah, I remember that dude. Like, there's an ugly picture of me online, like crying. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, no sé si te acuerdas. I think you were there too, but um, we hadn't like officially met or something. Pero estaba chillando en las en las en las este las escaleras de la corte. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that, but there was, like, an action with huh. UC, like, an undergrad that everyone went to?
0: I don't think so. I don't think I was... I wasn't involved in UC my first year of college. It was until my sophomore year. Oh, sophomore But, yeah, I think it's, like, just looking back, there's so many, like, cases and all these decisions that we can all, like, think back to and, like, know what we were doing. I think for me, the one that hits like that, it's when... Uh, the Arizona Supreme Court said that DACA recipients couldn't get um, in-state tuition anymore. I was just minding my business at Walmart and then texting texts like blow up that they made a decision. Um, it's just crazy. Like, you know, we're doing our day to day life, like how you said, we were literally like at the concert, um, just trying to have a good time. And then like bad news happened when we're literally just like existing.
1: Yeah, and I think there's been a lot of talk too about um, there, there's some people that get um, in the program, but they're older now. Like I know like grandparents who pe- people who have grandkids que están de and like the popular narrative that everyone's our everyone is todos son niños, like not are son niños, like um, everyone's grown. Like uh, yeah, I remember a person that we used to organize with like tiene cinco, años tiene mm. like she has grandkids. Mm. Like I'm like, damn, like.
0: Yeah, and I think also, like, at the beginning, before 2017, like, the amount of recipients that were a part of the program, I think it was, like, 800,000, no? And then, like, yeah. now, as the years have gone by, like, people have, like, fallen out of status, maybe they waited, like, a year too long to renew, and they're considered, like, new applicants, so, like, they can't apply again, so it's crazy how... The number has gone down throughout the years.
1: I think it's at like five hundred seventy-five thousand if I'm not. Oh five hundred eighty.
0: Oh wow. Yeah, that's a lot. So
1: it's like, yeah, three hundred thousand have either like fallen out of status or they forgot to or said I was passo and they didn't renew mm-hmm. in time or they left. I know a lot of people who have left too.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of stories and just a lot throughout the years that has happened, but yeah, I think hopefully, you know, things do work out and hopefully like Im- immigration reform, like that would be awesome. But we're just going to have to keep on waiting and seeing what happens in the next few years.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, a pesar de lo que, digo, pase lo que pase, like, la gente va, va a seguir y la gente mm-hmm. va a estar aquí. Like, I don't know, I think that's something that um officials don't really understand. La gente mm-hmm. no, no toma en cuenta, like... Pase lo que pase, la gente va a seguir sus vidas, Um, so it's not really gonna, I don't know, like people have like lives and memories here, so I don't think like, Pase lo que pase, la gente va a seguir.
0: Yeah, Yeah, and I think with that note also, we'll talk a little bit, we'll talk about something a little bit more exciting, so we'll uh, introduce our guest and we'll hear a little bit about his story. All right, everybody. uh, We're here with our guest, Gabriel Vasquez. Uh, Gabriel, thank you so much for hopping on and being here with us. How are you doing?
2: Uh, Thank you, guys. I appreciate the invitation. And I am doing well. How are you guys doing today?
0: Doing pretty good. Uh, We were talking about earlier how the weather has been a little bit nicer, even though it's like 98 degrees.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm also in Arizona currently, so that's where you guys are based as well. So Mm -hmm. I definitely like the the weather changing which is great because i couldn't do it with the weather <laughs>
1: was... yeah no i got used to um like the seattle i think like the more used to like the seattle weather because it's been hot here before mm-hmm. i used to like only have a swamp cooler like i was good in my like 95 degrees but yeah no
0: <laughs> gabrielle you can just kind of introduce yourself, like tell the audience a little bit about who you are, uh, where you're from, and if you could share a little bit about your immigration story as well.
2: Okay. So my name is Gabriel Vasquez, and I am the creator of Traveling Undocumented um, on TikTok. And I am from Michoacan, Mexico. That's where I was brought here from the to the U.S. when I was three years old. And ever since I've been in this country, and I'll talk a little bit about more of how I left back in 2014 and I came back in 2015. I am not a DACA recipient. I am fully undocumented, proud and undocumented, unapologetically undocumented. I am very proud of where I'm from. I'm very proud of my roots. And I initiated my TikTok, I can't recall, maybe like about a year and a half ago, and I started to fall in love with traveling and I always had this like huge perspective of like traveling and documented was not possible. And uh, little by little, like I remember taking my first trip and after that, like I noticed that it it truly becomes an addiction after your first trip. And so it just became something that I really love to do. So I started traveling and I was like, um, maybe I can make the best of my situation and just start to share that it is possible. And I decided to put that out on my platform. And so ever since, my platform has been growing little by little. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. But that's how I began to also share my journey about traveling and documented and educating myself a lot more about my situation and understanding um, what I can do and what I couldn't
1: do and what I shouldn't do. Yeah, no, and I like super proud of you just because like this is a topic that I haven't really seen discussed like anywhere. So like before I like was looking at your TikToks and I know growing up, like the the topic was a little taboo. Like my parents were always like, no, no puedes cruzar uh state lines. Like everyone like has like the the notion that oh you can't do anything while you're in document. Like that's do te quedas. So like that's why I appreciate a lot like your content and what you're talking about, just because like you're doing giving a lot of information that I don't think a lot of other people know or are also receiving like online
2: thank you so much yes that's very true um the messages that i received when i started to begin sharing my journey um was absolutely insane because i never thought like i would actually really help people and um when you share information sometimes we think okay maybe it's not relevant to other people but honestly it's very relevant to a lot of people that have lived in in a different state for example like I know many people who live in states, just to mention, like who don't offer driver's license. And I never knew that just California was one of the many states that offer driver's license to undocumented individuals. So I also began to learn that it was such a privilege to have a driver's license. And then I became more aware of people's situation and understanding like what they couldn't do in other states that I had the privilege of doing in the state of California. And so I grew up in the state of California. I'm currently here in Arizona for work. But yeah, just like learning those things and pushing that out and just understanding like, dang, like people really do live in fear. And I'm very glad that I came about like going on TikTok and, and sharing my story and my journey.
1: Thank you so much for like that intro. Um, We wanted to get into kind of how your first memories of like your first flights, kind of what that experience was like. And just for anyone out there who is considering taking their first flight, um, anything that you want to share about the experience and kind of what you were feeling traveling for the first time
2: yeah absolutely i remember like okay so it all started i so i did competitive cheerleading um when i was in high school and it was my last year and i remember i just decided that i went into the high school team that i wanted to do something a little bit more advanced um and so i decided to go with all-star cheerleading and all-star cheerleading involves a lot of traveling and so it all started when like we started our competitions, and then we ended up getting a, a bid to go to Florida. And I remember telling my coach like, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, I can't go to Florida." And then she's like, "They didn't really understand that what undocumented was." Um, and so I was like, "I can't." And I remember my parents telling me like, "You're insane. That's loco. Como vas a ir si no tienes papeles? Like, um, te va a llevar la migra and nosotros no nos podemos meter a los aeropuertos." And I was like, I told my coach that and she's like, no, like, if you're undocumented, like, I don't think it matters. Like, all you need is a passport. She's like, but I'm going to investigate a little bit more. And so she did. And honestly, like, I really didn't have a choice. I kind of had to go because we were a small team. And so uh, missing one person was like a huge impact on the team. Um, And we were going to like the worlds of like cheerleading for like small gyms. And so. I remember she came back like three days later and she told me like, you can go like, all you need is your passport. And I was like, let me talk to my parents. And I told my parents like, pasaporte. that's all I need. <laughs> and I don't know how I did it, but I convinced my parents to get my passport and, Once I got my passport, I I told her like I have my passport, like I can go now. And she's like, "We're gonna travel together." And didn't ended up like I had to travel by myself because I had to purchase a flight. And then I had so many like flight issues, so I ended up flying by myself. And I remember using my passport. I remember going through TSA. and I was like so scared because I was like, "I don't know what's gonna happen." Um, my coach said I was gonna be fine, and so I mean, I ended up going and I used my passport. I didn't have any issues. I wasn't even aware of what CBP officers looked like at the airport and so I don't know it just everything like fell into place and I guess I was fine like I didn't see anything unusual I didn't experience anything unusual and gracias a Dios I went to Florida and I came back and I didn't have any issues in flying out of California into Florida and coming back from Florida into California so it was the first time that I flew and that was in 2019 so it's been it's been a while since I've been traveling but that was my first time flying and didn't have any issues and I'm glad that Ever since then, it became something that I wanted to continue to do. And I did. And I've explored many different states. And um, yeah, it's become an addiction.
0: <laughs> wow, that's crazy. I think shout out to that coach that like did the research and took the extra step to like make sure that you could go. I think for me, like my first flight was this summer, uh, traveling to Texas. And I have some co-workers who live uh, down in Tucson. Their first flight was also this year. I, I remember we were, like, giving each other tips on, like, what to do and, like, what the process it's like. And all of us were, like, oh, you should follow this page on TikTok. And I'm, like, we were all, like, wait, this one page that talks about traveling while well undocumented So it was so funny that, like, all of us had our first um trip this year and all of us, like, came across your page because we were looking for just for guidance and, like, some reassurance that it was going to be okay. So I guess... You shared a little bit about like why you started your TikTok, but I know you also like created uh, a Facebook group. What have been some of those like feedback that people have been giving you or like after you started it, what have they been sharing with you?
2: So I did start a Facebook group and it's called Traveling Undocumented as well. And I remember... I would go on my TikTok lives all the time and people were like, I think we need like another space where we can share more information, where everything is like being saved and we can just go back to reference all that information. And I was like, you know what, that's actually a really great idea. And so I went about creating the Traveling Undocumented Facebook group. And I'm so glad that I did because... Like so many people begin to share their their stories and their experiences, and um just wanted a little bit more of of people's experiences like flying undocumented as well because I know it's not just me who flies undocumented, I know there's many, many, many thousands of people who fly undocumented yearly, and so I don't know i just wanted it to be a space where we can all feel safe and open and somewhere we can go back to reference all that information and so ever since then it's been growing as well and people go back and, and share their stories and say like hey like i felt a lot more confident flying after i watched your videos and i just decided to t- take that leap of faith and just go for it and then they come back and share their pictures and their stories and that to me fills my heart knowing that the information that i'm providing is fulfilling its purpose
1: yeah, no, that's super interesting. I mean, like I come into this conversation I think very privileged in that um I've had DACA for a while. So like um I didn't start traveling until after I got it. But there's a big misconception, I guess, in the community that only that traveling is a luxury only afforded to people who have the program. Cause even you know, when I talk to my parents, um, I live in uh Seattle now and they tell me, Oh no, we can't visit you, like because we're scared, you know, like there's a lot of fear with it. So even like this stuff, like for parents of people who I guess like have those like permits like even this conversation is very like helpful for them too because even I didn't know that like oh like my parents should be able to come visit me like that's something that they can do it's just that you know that fear and those misconceptions things that you talk about on your tiktok like um and things that I've shown them like it's something that we didn't know before because we were always told like you can't or you couldn't
2: that is very very true and I mean I've never had any issues like if I begin to talk about like the experience of going through TSA, I've never once been questioned by a TSA officer as to why I'm using my foreign passport, in this case, my Mexican passport. And I also have used my California driver's license. Um, And it's not a real ID because obviously undocumented individuals can not get a real ID. But I've also used my driver's license as federal limits apply. And I've not once had an issue with it as well in other states coming back and flying out of California with it. Um, and I know like before, like I used to hear people say, like, oh, well, since our IDs are marked, like we can't use it. And I think a lot of people just don't understand that the real ID hasn't taken into effect or probably don't understand the difference between a real ID and having a driver's license that is not real ID marked. And honestly, like going to states that in my like in my true opinion, um, states that don't offer driver's license to undocumented individuals, like I don't think a T- TSA officer realizes like, oh, this person's undocumented because like they know that undocumented individuals in their states can't get driver's license. So they're not just going to assume that you're undocumented. Um, So in this case, like states, like red states, like preferably I use my driver's license, but I also feel confident using my Mexican passport because I understand what I can do and I understand my rights Um, and I understand the law. So, I mean, I don't travel like with fear anymore. I know what I'm doing and I know what I can do. So ultimately, I feel like that sharing that also with the community goes a long ways, especially because they are the type of people who live in those states. And so it's very helpful to them. So that is very true. Like, uh, my parents as well, like they always had this huge misconception, like I said, of undocumented in which can travel. And so I remember taking their first flight and I remember I took my whole family to Florida as well because I got to know Florida and I felt like my my parents were going to love Florida. And so I did. I took my family to Florida, uh, my mom also with her foreign passport, and we didn't have any issues. We went and we came back. And ever since, my parents left to travel as well. And they take their trips every once a year um to
1: go and explore and visit different states that's so cool i'm actually gonna um have you call my mom <laughs> 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 no that's super super cool and i think like information really is power just because um unless you understand um kind of how the law works and kind of your rights you're kind of locked out of kind of like doing these things and i think that there's a lot of like miscommunication misinterpretation of law and like systems like among our communities so i think especially like you giving out information, I think helps like combat a lot of that stuff.
2: It definitely does. And honestly, like in, in this case, I would say like for you as a DACA recipient, I feel like your parents have that perspective of like, a ti no te pueden hacer nada para nosotros si. Sí. And so that to me is like huge. And I also tell my parents, like, I mean, I understand that it's the risk that I'm assuming when I'm traveling undocumented, but I'm not going to sit there and and let like fear eat my life up and not travel and go explore places so that's like my biggest thing for everyone like my biggest advice is like go live your life like don't settle for less and whether you're home or you're out and about and something happens it's like at the end of the day if you get caught or you get put in proceedings like immigration proceedings like you didn't live your life did you like at the end of the day you were still Mm -hmm. you still knew what was gonna happen but um In this case, like just educating yourself and understanding what you can do and can't do is very important because it definitely goes a long way.
0: Yeah. Like, can you go a little bit more in depth on like what are some of like those zones that like I know there are certain airports that like maybe folks shouldn't uh, fly into because there's a higher risk or like think uh, states like uh, not states, uh, um, places like Puerto Rico or like even Alaska do have some like higher risk. Can you talk a little bit about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And that's huge. Like, for sure, I definitely want to mention that all airports that are located within 100 miles from the border are airports that we should be avoiding if we are undocumented. And I highly emphasize that. And I have those videos pinned to my profile because that's the first thing people think is like, oh, undocumented individuals can travel. But nobody really goes to tell you, like, what airports you should be avoiding because Obviously, we can, but we need to understand that we're the risk that we're assuming when we're traveling to like those states that are right off the border. For example, like El Paso, I know El Paso. I've heard people say like, oh, I haven't had any issues, but I've heard more people say that they've been detained there than people who have said they haven't had any issues. So I know that that airport is significantly riskier. Also, like the airports like McAllen and Harlingen, my friends live out there. And so they tell me like, hey, we always have to show our EAD card our work permit card um, when we go through TSA because they refer us to immigration and um, they check your status just to make sure that you're legalized or you have some sort of protection from deportation. So those airports are the type of airports that people should be avoiding if we're undocumented because, again, traveling undocumented is not 100% safe and it never will be, Is there, but it is possible. And there is many, many other states that will give you that, that opportunity to to travel there and be at a lower chance of having any issues or being detained at the airport. So a lot of people also mention Puerto Rico. I've personally been to Puerto Rico five times and I have had a bad experience once coming back and it was my last time. Maybe that's probably why I haven't been back since. <laughs> but Puerto Rico is a hit or miss and Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory and a lot of people mistaken it by a different country and it's not, it's a U.S. territory. Also Hawaii, a lot of people have that that misconception of like oh well, it's a u.s territory puerto rico and alaska uh, or no puerto rico is the u.s territory as well as the u.s virgin islands and i'll also talk about it a little bit but Uh, Hawaii and Alaska are part of the U.S. So there's 48 states, for those of you guys who didn't know, in the continental U.S., like connected. And then there's the other two, which is Hawaii and Alaska. So yes, Hawaii and Alaska are part of the U.S. I know the U.S. Virgin Islands, people who have gone to the U.S. Virgin Islands, they do come back through immigration. But just to verify that you actually have a status here, but it's not an international trip. So uh, DACA recipients are those who are in the process and have like uh, some sort of documentation that says that you're in the process of going through like getting your green card or you're a DACA recipient or have a work permit, um, you guys will be fine traveling there. But if you do not, that is where you will be detained. So do not travel to The Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico is like I said, it's a hit or miss. It's significantly riskier, and also emergency landing in a different country is another risk that we run. Because again, if that plane has to land in a different country, like the Dominican Republic, Haiti, the Bahamas, or Turks and Caicos, as you're flying there, essentially if it lands there, you have self-deported because you've departed the country. So yeah, it's just something to take into consideration, but. Again, there is many other different states like Hawaii. Uh, a lot of people also like, like I mentioned, say that Hawaii is riskier. But honestly, it's like you're just going through the ocean. It's like you don't have the chance of an emergency landing. Like as you're going there, it's either gonna be in the middle of the ocean or it's gonna be back into the continental mainland. So I would say Hawaii is is significantly safer. Um, but then again, that's just from my experience. So don't ever think that my experience will be the same as your guys's.
1: No, yeah, and I think definitely. Um those conversations of like which airports you shouldn't go to or the emergency landings I think it's kind of like a balance like your pros and cons list um definitely like make sure you kind of think through like where you're traveling how you're traveling because even I've heard like stories of there were emergency landings and people like had like a big problem like getting back in like with CDP. like um so definitely like different places have different risks um but I'm really happy that um we're having the conversation of risk versus like um actually getting to go and live your life i think like a lot of from the conversations the conversations i've had with my parents it's always like oh we'll do it one day so right now we have to survive like we'll do it one day one day one day and then they're living like um it's i guess like one day becomes like forever so like how you were saying like you still have a life to live and you still to be able to do things that you want and do things that make you happy. And like, I don't know, like I'm taking a lot of what I'm hearing from you to my family and to the people I know, just because I've had those conversations with them and haven't had the words or the knowledge to be able to navigate those. So I think after this, I'm actually gonna to talk to my mom. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> well, I hope she takes the opportunity
2: to travel and uh, to get to explore. And after like the first trip, it just becomes something very natural. like. I always tell my my friends and, and family members, like, just walk in there like you belong there. Like, you really do belong there. Just walk in there and give them your passport. I mean, there's no reason for them to question you. And um, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, what if I get racial, racially profiled? And it's like, at the end of the day, they're not immigration officials. So they can't ask for your status. They can refer you to CBP, but that's very, very unlikely because Once you talk to like a supervisor or something, obviously they don't want to get in trouble um, unless they it's something that's like related to your criminal background. But if you're you don't have any criminal background history or anything like that, like, I mean, you don't have anything to worry about. Just be like, I didn't know that I needed another type of documentation to present to you after going through a security checkpoint. I didn't know this was a US customs checkpoint. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. I the confidence to say that there but again a lot of people like i said if it's your first time and, and you want to have this conversation it's like you're not going to have it because you're so intimidated already by them but just walk in there like you're a u.s citizen that's why i tell my my friends and family like you don't have anything to worry about just give them your passport they're all they're looking for just to verify your identity and your boarding pass and that's it
0: i'm actually going to be taking my second flight ever to seattle next uh yeah. next week so i'll also <laughs> serve as a reference for your parents carlos (laughs) yeah it's like look (laughs) but i think this episode today is very fitting because carlos was trying to leave back to seattle but he had flight problems so the fact that we're talking about it today is really funny uh but i think just kind of to uh Close off Gabriel like what have been maybe like your top three places that you have traveled to so you can give us some uh suggestions of where we should take our next flight
2: um I'm definitely I it's unfortunate that the situation in Florida is is not the greatest right now but I definitely enjoy being in Florida because of the weather and the views but Florida is really a great place to to go and and enjoy time like by yourself or with your families. So Florida for sure. And it's significantly cheaper in terms of like the cost because I mean, in California, like everything's expensive but I mean, you go to Florida and it's like everything's a little bit more cheaper. So you feel like it's a place where you can actually afford to go and flights are actually not too expensive. So I would say like Florida is one. Also Hawaii, Hawaii is beautiful. I've had the privilege to visit the five islands or the four islands, the main ones. And it's absolutely stunning. It's beautiful. The environment, the weather, the culture, the people, like everything is just great about Hawaii. And I'm definitely going to have to go with, um, let's see, Puerto Rico for sure. And I know I, I say this like. Puerto Rico is probably a place that you shouldn't, like, I don't recommend that you travel to. Obviously, if you understand the risk, and I've heard many people, like, gone and come back recently, and they didn't have any issues, but if I have to say that a place that I absolutely love, and I felt like like I fit in, and it really, like, felt like I was in my own home country, it has to be Puerto Rico. When, if you guys have the opportunity to go to Puerto Rico, to definitely go and visit. Like, it feels such
1: like home. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, I've been um in Puerto Rico for a little while. I've heard um a lot of good things and like um just kind of like that the culture aspect. Like, it feels so much like our home countries, where like people have a really good time. I know I, I have some um und- undocumented friends have that have gone there and had a, like an amazing time and like kind of gave me like the really the sense that like it feels kind of a little bit like home. So that's really amazing.
2: Yeah, it it really does. Like it, I don't know. Everything just felt like into place when I was there. And then especially like the people, it's just absolutely a great time. It's they're very welcoming to the island. And so they love Hispanic people. They love Mexicans. I know it's so weird to say that, but they love Mexicans. Like I remember I took my my family to Puerto Rico and my mom was just having a full blown on conversation with with Puerto Ricans and they're like aquí amamos los mexicanos like Hay mucho Mexicano en Puerto Rico, So it just feels like they're taking over the island.
0: I love that so much. And also that your parents got to have that experience. I know you mentioned it briefly, but just so um, people know where to find you, um, what are your, your ads on TikTok? And uh, what is the Facebook group called again?
2: So if you guys want to find me on TikTok, the username is Gabriel Vasquez. So G-A-B-R-I-E-L-V-A-Z-Q-U-E-Z. 478, and then and you'll see where it says like traveling undocumented. Um, that is me. It's currently on private, but I do accept people. I stay every time I go back and check. So, um, don't feel like I'm not. I don't want to let you guys in, but uh, once I get to it, then I will accept everyone to be able to see my content and the Facebook uh group. It's called traveling undocumented literally just traveling undocumented and yeah you guys can go and always use my videos for reference i know i haven't really been posting lately but i have a trip coming up and so i really hope to get content to be able to update you guys about how everything is going and a little uh video about uh why i've been off tiktok i know i've been on live and i've mentioned it but there's a lot of things going on and a lot of great things that have happened since and so i felt like i needed a break from social media and uh it's been great and so i hope to be able to give that update very very soon but yeah that's where you guys can definitely go find me
1: and no worries for like everyone listening we'll link um all their links uh down in the description and the summaries um so you can just go ahead and directly click from from the description
0: and yeah thank you so much for for joining us and for sharing this information with us gabriel we really appreciate you and we hope that you know we hear more stories about how folks have been uh flying and traveling and just enjoying life but yes thank you so much anything that you want to add before we close off
2: well first i'd like to say thank you guys i appreciate it it was such an honor being on here and i hope that people who are listening really take in this information and really go back to reference the videos and information that are on our on our platforms because it is very resourceful and very helpful and uh, very encouraging although i don't want to say that it's to encourage traveling undocumented it's more so to help you guys understand that it is something that is possible and that you guys should take the opportunity to live your life. So anything to add? I don't think I have anything to add, but I do want to mention that if you guys ever have any questions, um, always feel free to reach out and message me. I do get back to everybody, but just bear with me. It takes time. I do have a full-time job, so it's quite draining, but I really hope that if you guys have any questions, like you guys don't feel like you guys can't ask. There is no dumb question ever. And if you guys, like I said, just want to reference back to the videos, go ahead and do so. And then message me if you need further explanation. I'd be more than happy to answer everyone's questions.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Like, we really appreciate you and, like, you hopping on and, like, giving us so much, like, good information. Like, um, I'm going to walk away, like, a lot more informed. And I think everyone that's listening will walk away more informed, too. So, like, muchísimas gracias por todo.
2: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Igualmente. Gracias por todos. Y si hablo español para todos los que hablan español. <laughs> um, <laughs> conta este como les digo manden un mensaje y, y síganme en mis plataformas y este con mucho gusto intento contestar todas las preguntas que tengan.
0: All right, everybody, that was the end of our episode. Migrants on Air is a Fuerte Network production in association with Orona Multimedia. We would like to formally thank everyone involved in the creation of this episode. Your hosts have been myself, Karina Dominguez, and Carlos Ñañez. Our guest, Gabriel Vásquez. Graphics by Karina Dominguez. Theme song is Crazy Like That by Lo-Fi. Production and editing is done by Dani Orona. Make sure you follow us on Spotify for this and all other Fuerte content. And make sure to log on to fuerte.org and sign up for our mailing list. Mil gracias y hasta la próxima.